Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to Gatecast episode 164, covering Atlantis, season 1, episode 6. And we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Brad from Victoria, Australia. Ah, oh, North East Victoria, up in the hills. I vaguely remember hilly bits. Yeah, there must be some hills in Australia, surely. It can't be all flat. Oh, a lot uh, of it is. The guy I shared a house with for about nine years, he said he always pictured Australia as about a mile of inhabited land around the edge and a big empty bit in the middle. In a lot of places, a lot more. In terms of average square footage occupation, it's probably one of the lowest. Well, most civilizations go where the water is, isn't there? And there's no inland seas in Australia, is there? Seas of sand. Yeah. I only know Alice Springs for its proximity to Uluru. Is it actually useful for anything else? I'm sure they've probably got a mine out there somewhere. Ah, yes. Irishman's fame to fame. Do you know the mine that's 200 kilometres inland from Earth? And this shows you the wonders of the interior, even only 200 k's in. All the water has to be piped from Perth. And it was an Irishman who designed the pipeline which runs from Perth into this mining town. The flow rate wasn't high enough, so he shot himself. <laughs> Are you sure he shot himself? He felt he failed the engineering design, so he killed himself. He left a note, did he? Apparently. Exactly. You really don't know for sure. <laughs> Not definitively, but this is what the locals told me. <laughs> the, the, their great-granddad probably did it. You failed me for the last time. <laughs> my family for the loss of the water. <laughs> yes, my missus wanted a shower and the water pressure's not high enough. You know what you have to do. <laughs> All right then, good evening, or in this case, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Childhood's Hend. Childhood's Hend. Hend. <laughs> Hend, even. You're going to leave that in. Something embarrassing to you. Okay, then I'll leave that in. Welcome to Brad, who are currently hot up. He's taking the time and effort to join us over Skype. It's very much appreciated. He's also been leaving some voicemails, so he's high up on our gold star list. Indeed. Yes, it's quarter past two in the morning here. That's how committed I am. <laughs> what? Bloody hell. Hello, Gianna. Occasionally a contribution to Androids to Kittens may occur during the episode. They walk in front of the bloody screen. <laughs> well, I've been editing this week's podcast. Well, I started it yesterday. And I've got a whole file called Cat. <laughs> <laughs> which I've been chopping out as I've gone along. Figuring out at some point I can throw it all in in one big lump. <laughs> Managements to the cat. Yeah, every now and again you, you're talking to somebody on a uh, cat bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I am actually wearing the T-shirt which Mike kindly supplied to me, uh, which I tweeted a uh, photograph of earlier. Yes, and a nice shirt it is. Good work, Dan. Oh, dear. Have you tweeted? Oh, the one three hours ago. No, not the one three hours ago. I tweeted since. Oh, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't actually hit tweet. No, you didn't actually hit tweet or type anything out. Hi, I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. And I'm Brent Barrett. And we're the hosts of a podcast called Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV where we discuss sci-fi and genre shows currently on television and some from the past. We're fans just like you, so join us in our water cooler and back porch discussions of your favorite shows. And strangely enough, you can find us online at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Be seeing you. Wait a minute, isn't that what Bester says on Babylon 5? Maybe. I never watched Babylon 5. What? So you're a sci-fi geek who missed one of the best shows ever? Hey, hey, no details, no spoilers. I'm still catching up on DVD myself. Besides, we're not really experts or critics. We kind of think of ourselves more like guides or sci-fi Sherpas. I don't carry anyone's luggage, though. Yeah, me either. We're what we like to call the viewer's digest for genre TV. Yes, we're interested in the conversation shows generate. And speaking of sci-fi Sherpas, where would you find one of those? Mmm, Craigslist? Oh, see what I have to deal with? That was the promo for Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV, a weekly sci-fi TV podcast. They comment and review genre shows each week, staying in sync with the broadcast schedules, as well as providing extensive news, features and competitions. It's one of the longest-running shows I listen to on a regular basis, and its crew have been around the podcast world even longer than the show itself. Real podcasting pedigree. Come try ya! Trying to get Misa to buy uh, The Hobbit. I, I may not have one currently, but I have owned a copy of The Hobbit in the past. I cannot understand how he's made three films out of The Hobbit, though. Well, he's not going to release extended editions. He's taken all the, the bits that were going to be extended and scraped them together into a sort of movie. <laughs> There's uh, half a billion dollars for him. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a stretch. It's interesting, though, considering the fact that he had been taken off the project. Well, The Hobbit really went through the ringer before it finally got into production, didn't it? Because people were saying Del Toro was supposed to do it, wasn't he? Mm-hmm.
Now, who are you watching this, Brad? Are you watching this on your phone? Or? iPad. Ah, nice. Fair enough. Yep, and he's got the right version as well. So there's going to be no uh, MacGyver-like issues with this. <laughs> I do have a rubber band on my wrist, just in case. <laughs> hmm. No, you're going to say that's kind of an in-joke. When we recorded our MacGyver episode... Oh, yes. Alan said, oh, I've got the right version, I've got the right version. you got the same version? Yes. A minute in, we're already two minutes out. <laughs> <laughs> the credit sequence, there was a good 25 seconds in difference in length. Yes, difference between a DVD version and a broadcast edit. My personal trainer phones me, I'll feel even worse tomorrow. But I've already prescribed the uh, cure for this muscle stiffness, which is for deferment, which is I've got another session at 11am. Well, that's it. It's like drinking. If you never actually stop drinking, you'll never actually uh, have to sober up. <laughs> yeah, I tried that for 22 years. Let's not do that again. Uh, plenty of water. Water helps. <laughs> he even has an acronym for it. It's called LOMS, Late Onset Muscle Stiffness. By the end of the session yesterday, or that knackered, because it was six different exercises and you do each exercise four times. But you do it four times, then you move on to the next one. So by the time I hit about third rep of the sixth exercise, I was like, I can barely lift this bloody thing. <laughs> I was trying to breathe controlledly, but I was just panting. <laughs> I had to sit in the car for 15 minutes, having wobbled my way down the stairs, and I couldn't trust myself to have sufficient strength to grip the steering wheel and operate the control. <laughs> I tweeted about it. My arms and legs had the tensile strength of wet noodles. Oh, the accelerator is going to be all or nothing, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't work unless you've got a truck the size of Brad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes, exercise. That's you know you're alive because every time you move, following day it hurts. So we jump right in. We don't want to keep Brad parked up for too long. No, indeed not. Let me just cock my line. Sit, stay. Good pussycat. No, not you. <laughs> if one of the kids actually uh, sat down and behaved, you think? <laughs> Anyhow, at the risk of unnecessary additional, especially since we're not sure the first bit's recorded, I'm going to kick this off. Reading from my T-shirt. A three, a doe, a hen, clicky. Fade to black, fade in on trees and the huddle jumper. Quite a nice opening shot. Anything look familiar to you, Taylor? No, I do not believe this is a world I've visited before. You know, on the commentary, they actually said, you look at the segregation on this uh, puddle jumper, blacks on one side, whites on the other. Going with similarities, Taylor's method of speaking doesn't seem to use contractions much. It's certainly in these early episodes quite similar to the way Teok talks. You know, almost as though English was a learned thing rather than a language which came naturally to her. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mission reports. Right. Well, apparently there's remarkable similarities between worlds that support life. Do they really be on that low? I hope it's in terrain following those and not just... Well, bear in mind that he's not actually using controls. He's just thinking about it. Turbulence? Hmm. Seems to be okay now. I wonder what that was. Getting seriously conflicted readings. It looks like some sort of powerful energy field about 2,000 yards over there. Over where? Uh, 18 degrees from our current heading. You think it's worth checking out? Any significant energy emission generally indicates technological civilization. So you think it's worth checking out? I'm sorry. Yes. Energy field good. That's the spirit. Yes. Go and check it out. We won't have much of an episode if you turn back. Maybe not. It's getting worse. That's enough. I'm getting out of here. Energy field good. It's obviously doing something to the ship. So let's go closer. Yeah. Yes. Trolls are unresponsive. <laughs> let's not land now and approach on foot. Drive just went offline. No, apparently you're not. We're going in. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, dear. <laughs> there goes the power. Oh, dear. Well, hang on. McKay's panicking. Hurt. There's a shock. That's a starting new experience for McKay. <laughs> Had enough power to retract the drive pod, so. Yes, yes. and then it's a flowing log. Maybe it's an automatic magnetic thing, generally. If you shut the engine off, no, if you... Big spring. Well, no, but yeah. if you shut the engine off, maybe whatever's holding the drive pod out dies and they come in automatically. Kind of a safety feature. Yeah. Unless they get yep. shot at. Yes. <laughs> or, uh, for reasons of plot, useful for getting stuck in the gate. <laughs> All right then, Childhood Zen, Stargate Atlantis, Season 1, Episode 6, The Gatecast, Episode 164. Written by Martin Garrow, directed by David Winning. First heard in the US, August the 13th, 2004. In the UK, November the 16th, 2004. As per usual, I don't have a specific date for Australia or Canada. Other episodes of the same name. Fame, Mercats, Manor, Land Girls, Neighbours, Country Practice. So there were quite a few. You want to thought so? You had to throw neighbours in there, didn't you? Yes. Jump straight in, Brad. Anything you want to say, say out loud. And would you believe it, they've actually crash-landed on the only sand pit on the entire planet. Yeah. And the trees behind are still standing. Mm. <laughs> yes. That's a rather steep landing <laughs> angle, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Nice landing, sir. Thank you. What happened? 
It's because too close to the energy field. Whose idea was that? Oh, look, you made mistakes, I made mistakes. Let's not get caught in the blame game. Okay, can you fix the ship or not? None of my diagnostic equipment's working. The sun is still high in the sky. What does that mean? We can make it back to the Stargate before dark. If we intend to leave, we should start now. Yeah, so Link and I can return and fix it? No, 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 Major, you don't understand. It's not just the jumper, none of my equipment's working either. That's it, we can walk. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, like most planets we visit, the... Uh, Rotational speed and everything's very similar to Earth. Well, that's why they were picked. That's why the Stargates on them. You know, we know in Destiny that uh, the Stargates were put on planets with similar classifications. Check it out, sir. I think my compass has gone wonky. You brought a magnetic compass to another planet in another galaxy? <laughs> you have absolutely no way of knowing if this planet's magnetic field is... Wait a second. Let me see that. I have to say, he does quite tense holding the gun. It's also a clenched. He's not relaxed. The disturbance is electromagnetic. That probably explains why all our equipment's out. Which direction is it, Gabe? You're the one flying, shouldn't you know? All right. Should be able to figure this out. I believe it is this way. Let's move out. I was expecting something. <laughs> Whee! Yeah, McKay were going to ridicule Ford until he realised he couldn't <laughs> use a compass. <laughs> I still don't understand how, though. Oh, very classy uh, shot, that is. <laughs> Somebody wants to work in the movies. Do what the woman says. Why stay things up? You don't know how long you're going to be on this planet. The compass act weirder than it was. <laughs> Acting weird. Yeah. yeah, it's talking to me. That's really weird. The compass is talking to me. The compass is talking to me. It's a beautiful day. The birds are cheeping. What could possibly go wrong? That's a strange looking... It is, isn't it? That's not true, is it? Yeah, no, I was going to say, they must have shipped that one in from props. I'm sure they don't grow like that. <laughs> Definitely this way. Hello, hello. Yeah, it was covered in trees. Oh, yeah. Definitely this way. Yes, I think the idea is that these ruins have been here a long time. Look, uh, overgrowth, undergrowth even. Didn't fly over this on the way in, did we? I don't know. It's kind of busy with the whole trying not to get us killed thing. These ruins are very old. Several hundred years at least, I'd say. Maybe more. So the population here is extinct? Stare in wonder at the map painting. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yes. Okay, I give up. Well, if the disturbance is man-made as opposed to naturally occurring, it's probably emanating from within these ruins. It looks more like a little Star Trek communicator, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or an early flip phone. <laughs> yeah, McKay to be more. That's worth a shot. If we can shut down the field, we want us to walk back to the gate. I was thinking more of saving a perfectly good puddle jumper. Again, he's in the, the very light-coloured uniform. Right, Uh-oh. Stay here for a second, see if uh, McKay can... Arrows. Oh, Errol. Mm. Pull back on the string, lad. A bit more. Your kids, Ford. Yeah, with weapons pointed at us. Lower your weapon, Lieutenant. Little boy. Yeah, there wasn't much pressure on that bow. No. Bad rainbow. Bad rainbow. <laughs> You've been captured by kids. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Captain Kirk would never... Oh, hang on. Yeah, but you're McKay anyway. <laughs> yeah. We were only trying to return home. I don't think they understand. I believe they do. Why are they still pointing arrows at us? In a future episode, he has a close call with an arrow. Yeah, the elders, who are like, you know, uh, angsty teenagers. The young lad talking is uh, Callum Worthy, a Canadian actor. He's been in uh, Stormworld, Caprica, Supernatural, Smallville. Mm. He's actually one of the actors I recognise. Fulcrums? Come on, we've got to have a Star Trek reference. They're groups. What else could they be? Ooh, I need my painting. That is an excellent map. Isn't it? True, yeah. Let's put away before they notice that it's actually a large cloth backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop walking. There's a green screen. We thinking, yeah, but are we thinking sort of um, Peter Pan here? It is very Neverland, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of lost, boys. Come on, lad. Oh, he looks like he's had too much. Yeah. Ooh, look. That's what happened to the last babysitter. <laughs> Major. Don't tell mom the babysitter's a wraith. <laughs> oh, that's a bit ominous, isn't it? Wraith worshippers. <laughs> I wonder if that's when they had the idea for this, with this actual episode, or they planned it all along. It looks like a shrine. Mm. Before. You don't think they worship the wraith, do you? That'd be a first. It'd be disturbing. Wraith boats. Yeah, we know. It's Deathbird fell out of the sky years ago. We keep it here to remind us of how life used to be. Used to be? Before. Fell out of sky. 
Yeah, I picked up on that. Think whatever knocked us down, knocked it down? It's possible. If that's the case, we need to find it. Why? <laughs> no, that would be the... So I can break it. That's why. <laughs> yes, let me go and play with something. Uh, that I don't understand and make it not work anymore. This isn't Echoes of Thor's Hammer at all, is it? No. <laughs> Did you watch this episode beforehand, Brad? I've seen it a couple of times. In the last week or so? <laughs> okay. Who wants to climb the ladder first? Good lad. Good lad. That's what the subordinates are for. Roger, Let's cut to a studio it. shot and pretend we're actually upstairs. Here we are on the roof of uh, Soundstage 12. <laughs> it didn't bother showing um, how you climb in the ladder. No. No, it just looks far. We've been waiting half an hour for you, Rodney. You may recognise Paris. Yep. Courtney J. Stevens. He was Lieutenant Elliot in Stargate SG-1 for three episodes. Yep, making his return. Hmm. One of the village elders. I'm Shepard, and this is Rodney and Taylor. And... You say you're one of the elders? Yes. I see. There we go. Uh, Shepard <laughs> as Jack. I'm trying. I'm drawing parallels because at this early in the show, I don't think they've really established their own sort of individual personalities yet as team members. They're just analoguing off uh, the original SG team. Although we don't really have, I suppose McKay is a combination of Daniel Jackson and Amanda Sapping. <laughs> Poor McKay. <laughs> that which doesn't kill us makes us wraithful. <laughs> McKay's only climbed this ladder up uh, 20, 30 feet. <laughs> um, David's not the fittest person on the planet. Funnily enough, he is a, a jogger. He's a runner now. They were making a joke on the commentary. McKay is, uh, hates running, whereas Rodney and his uh, partner, they are runners. Are you outing McKay? <laughs> partner doesn't mean necessarily mean same-sex partner. It just means someone you're not married to and you don't call girlfriend. Fair enough. Now, he's losing his, uh, his ear uh, very early. Only 24. Good God, lad. <laughs> mm. yeah, he's a little bit older than 24. <laughs> if he's the oldest in the camp, though. Well, maybe the thing which keeps them also kills them. What? Oh, yes, I remember now. I, I liken this to Logan's run. Very much so, it is. Logan's running, done in a different way. Logan's run, at least they got as far as 30. <laughs> oh dear, McKay is not a happy chap at the moment, is he? You're familiar with the race? Yes. Well, we're not friends or anything like that. The Wraith used to farm our planet, as we used to farm livestock and beasts of burden. Only we were their herd. After all, they've got to have meat from somewhere, don't they? <laughs> our ancestors fought them, but our weapons were not strong enough. Our people tried to hide from them. They were always found. None died peacefully. None could enter into the eternal rest. Eternal rest? To die at the hands of the wraith. To breathe your last breath amongst such hatred and evil. There's no way to move peacefully into the next world when that is your fate. My ancestors decided that to beat the wraith, we must learn to think as they think. We ensured that we would never provide the wraith with a crop worth picking. By... None of us passes the age of 24. How do you manage that? Well, we have a game called Dodgeball. On the eve of our 25th year. We have this fantastic birthday party. And if you're alive at the end of it, well, they kill you. And for our own safe passage into the eternal rest. <laughs> Which is never really explained. Yeah. No, they don't show them how they do it. No. We take our own lives. You went to a very dark place, even a place I didn't go to. Well, you, you dig beneath the belly of this episode. And there aren't any animals running around. Yeah, you don't see any animals. In fact, if they're working under this, as we learn, a shield, the cultivation to maintain this particular village, let alone all the others, must be significant. Yes. Surely more life to drain. Yeah, young tasty. Would you like fries with that? Never in my life have I ever felt so... old... This is without a doubt the most screwed up way of life I can imagine. They seem to accept it. They're kids. What the hell do they know? Kids that don't want to keep us around. Because they believe our presence may bring back the wraith. They can't be right, can they? Would the wraith just ignore them? Because they're young? Well, now I need veal. Can't be the same thing, can it? Of course it's not the same. Veal is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the sort of person to approve of veal. Much like what happened to our puddle jumper. Why do they not just land outside the disturbance and take the village by foot? I'm sorry, perhaps I'm not being clear. Nothing works here. Not their stunners, their darts, uh, even their shields wouldn't function correctly. I mean, why would they risk their advantage when there's a smorgasbord through some other stargate? It's just not yeah. worth the effort for such a small herd. I like that. Yeah. Who put smorgasbord into the script? <laughs> <laughs> not before I've had a chance to look at those ruins we don't. They're sacrificing themselves for no reason. What are we going to tell them, Taylor? 
Listen, kiddies, everything you believe to be true is wrong, and trust us because oh, we've been here for almost an hour. This is remarkably sensitive for McKay, even if he's only putting it in his own uniquely fully Asperger's mode way. Oh, yeah. He's hitting all the right marks, but for the totally wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, looking at McKay now from the, my own fully gained perspective, he's a classic Asperger's case. Yeah. Highly intelligent, but about as communicative and sensitive as a lump of coal. They should be watched at all times. Aries. No, um, that's fine. Totally understandable. I'll choose two of the villagers to keep an eye on you. Science fiction teaches us important psychological lessons. Oh, Aries, he's going to be trouble. Yep. Ah, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mike's favourite things, precocious little brats. Ah, but these are funny brats. <laughs> what kind of thing? It's grown-up stuff. What's a grown-up? Someone who's older than you are. I'm three years older than Claire. You can tell me. Nice try, but you're not a grown-up. But you just said someone that's older than me is a grown-up. I don't need you to tell me what I just said, okay? Okay. <laughs> oh, isn't it time for getting absolute? <laughs> Very expressive. <laughs> the young boy, Caster, is played by Sam Charles. He's worked on Dead Zone, uh, Super Volcano. Cleo, the young girl, is played by Jessica Amley. She's been in Jeremiah, Dead Zone, Collector, and 82 episodes of Heartland. And she's just turned 18. Do you have young? Me? No. Not yet, anyway. You? Oh, yes. They're raised in one of our other villages. Other villages? To keep family lines apart. Oh, got it. How many villages are there like this? Twelve. Oop, there's more. <laughs> yes. So every year we have one big get-together where we uh, call an orgy. Yes. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> you know, we've only got 25 years to live. We've got a lot of living to pack in there. What? Well, decides not to go through with it, takes off, runs away. No, just pick you up and throw you through the gate. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. one way or another. We can be persuasive. We encourage them. That <laughs> dodgy as hell. <laughs> Basically, if you're think, thinking about not committing suicide, you've got to put these plans ahead very early on. In fact, fake your death when you're about 15. Yeah, we don't kill each other. The blood loss from the arrows do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As in uh, Dark Knight Rises, with exile or death. Death by exile. Yeah. Have you not seen that before? I watched it legitimately on Blu-ray last night. Oh, as an anecdote, I actually stuck on the Blu-ray of uh, Dark Knight just to show people how films should look. <laughs> it's just that I would rather have 24 years of peace than a life of fear. What if there's another way? Naturally, when the time comes. The time comes? Well, of course it does. That's part of being alive. I mean, for me. Tomorrow's the first day of my 25th year. Tomorrow? Yes. That's why I lead the Council of Elders. I'm oldest among the 24s. You mean, um, tomorrow you, um... Tonight. Tonight? Our way was put in place long ago. What were you saying, Brad? Oh, I picked it up on Blu-ray yesterday. I'm going to wait till the weekend so I can watch it without falling asleep. Yes, you do need uh, nearly three hours to sit down and watch it as well. Who's <laughs> uh, he thinking he needs nearly three hours of sleep? Which is about <laughs> what he's going to get at this rate. Oh, there's a mysterious mist, and yeah, I feel that it's not a lake unless it's got immature gold in it. <laughs> I've got the feeling that lake was used in the uh, Premier Rising because it looks familiar. Now, Aries, he's played by Dominic Zamprogna. Mm. It's probably not pronounced that way. Well, Dominic is, but surname. Dominic was in two episodes of Stargate Universe, ten episodes of Battlestar Galactica, where he played Jammer, if you remember that character. No. And 569 episodes of General Hospital. That's a soap for you, isn't it? I need time to talk to the other villages. You have little of it. You know the laws, Ares. It's bad enough we're leaving Karis out of this. A forced sacrifice must be agreed upon by all the villages. Leave us! Can't I assume the red-haired kid is going to be killed for some reason? The gingers are always forced to be sacrificed. Kill children? In Stargate? You've got to be kidding me. They're killing themselves. We don't actually see it, though, do we? As far as I'm concerned, anyone under 30 is a child. I'm feeling old and creaky today. Martin Guerrero, the writer who did the commentary, actually said this was his dad's favourite scenes from the entire first season of the show. Hey, hey, coming through. Thank you. <laughs> What's that? It's a compass. What's that? Used for determining direction on Earth. I'm using it to... Where's Earth? Listen... Cleo. Castor. Whatever. I'm McKay. Get out of my way. Observing? That means you're supposed to watch. You're supposed to stay out of my way and watch. Why? Because. Because why? Because I say so. Why? Because I can't get any work done with you two buzzing around asking stupid questions in your stupid little voices. Now sit down and shut up. <laughs> don't keep feeding them. You're not going to win. Oh, don't. 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 
Oh dear. <laughs> You've done it now. Okay, you want to go? You want to go, huh? Okay. 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 We got a real gift for the kids. You do birthday parties? Look, I have a purpose here. Okay, you deal with them. Excuse me. Thank you. That's it, lad. He is mean. Thank you. You see? Okay. That lad's clever. He knows he's only got 25 years, so he's putting his stake on it early. <laughs> I'm sure they're playing Dr. Norse already. Well, you've got to. You know, when feudal England peasants were dying off at 40s, you know, girls were married very, very early. Yep, make full use of them all the here. For years, I thought McKay was checking his pulse. <laughs> For years. Chris has uh, tweeted us back. Well, technically tweeted me back following on from my tweet of the photo of the church. The word nice, exclamation mark. <laughs> oh, this is in the credit sequence. Yes, it is. And even Martin said he's a bit embarrassed about this because you're supposed to have thousands of years of growth and this device is just covered by some weeds. It's just sitting on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's convenient, isn't it? Where normally it would have grown in amongst the cracks and it would have been quite hard to remove. At the very least, you should have to get the machete out, you know, and cut and slash your way into the device. Mm-hmm. At the very, yeah. Ah, it's 10 p.m. that is. Hello, hello. It's really good. Huh? Major. Okay. The radio's working. Which is how I'm able to speak with you, yes. <laughs> well done, John. <laughs> I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I found the field generator. And obviously the off switch. Better than that? The device is powered by a zero-point module. It's definitely possible the EM field's been online for centuries. As far as I know, only a ZPM is capable of powering it that long. I've shut it down. Everything's working now. So you've disabled the shield? Just temporarily. I need to get the ZPM back to Atlantis, see if it's worth taking. We cannot just take it. Mm, it's in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, we can go now. Sod these kids. Yeah, we can go. Why is he shut it down? Well, what are the odds that the Wraith are going to turn up right away? Yes. But the ZPM could give us the power to make a lot of problems go away. Exactly. I need to get it back to a lab. How do you plan on doing that? Well, I've had the gene inoculation, and uh, you've already given me a flying lesson. So it's going to take more than a shot in the arm and a five-minute lesson. Listen, I'm not going to be dogfighting Wraith darts. Ford and I can handle it. I'm not going to look after him or clean up after him, no. But put them on the mainland. They need more people. You think he's a little doofly? He can breathe all up on it. <laughs> Ford, you've been volunteered. Deadline. Literal Deadline. I think it is dangerous to leave the villages unprotected. McKay's got a point. The Wraith haven't been around in a very long time. Because they've got a shield. Yep. Come on, what are the odds they're going to show up in the few hours it takes McKay to run those tests? Given that we're halfway through an episode, hi. Oh, that's not good. No. Oh, that's not good. No. We just come off a series of uh, missions where the Wraith appeared as if by magic. You know, so <laughs> the odds are there. As if by magic, a Wraith appeared. You may notice Taylor is wearing her second wig of the year. She actually joked that she went through about five different wigs for the first season before they found one they really liked. Mm. Even though she's not military, you'd still think she'd keep it up so it wasn't in the way now we're off on missions. I don't find much of what's going on around here to be that funny. What's wrong? Two of the full-growns are out unwatched. It's fine, Ares. She'd be getting ready for tonight, Karis. The cleansing ceremony's set to begin and you have... Fine. I'll go ready myself. Ooh. He really wants to be in charge. Go get ready to stop yourself, because I've been waiting for you to kill yourself. I might even help you along the way. Well, yeah, as soon as he was old enough to understand, he realised that he was never going to be in charge until he died. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is remarkable, he lived that long. And how old is this other bloke? He could only be a few months behind anyway, so he's only going to be running the place for yep. not long. <laughs> yeah, but he'll uh, come up with some serious excuse not to sacrifice himself. You think so? Oh, yeah, here's a George Bush. <laughs> Ooh, shiny... This is a very bad call, Rodney. Why? You just told me this ZPM, it powers their defenses against the Wraith. Yep. Yep, so? <laughs> yeah, yes. We're borrowing it. Wouldn't be stealing so much as, look, if it's of any good to us, we can bring them here. <laughs> Sometimes it looked like they were experimenting with Century 21 designs from uh, <laughs> Mrs. Anderson. What? Hey, we're barely getting by here ourselves. This is a big empty city and we have the mainland now. Rodney... We can't just visit planets, take away their defenses, uproot their cultures, and bring them all back here to Atlantis. If they have a ZPM, yes, we can. Oh, my God, how morally superior you must feel. Elizabeth, you don't look well. They never quite got the hang of how they should costume Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. 
Are they killing themselves for no good reason? Yes, they are. The EM shield is what's keeping the Wraith away, not the sacrificing. Yes, McKay knows best. You said that the sacrifices began at about the same time you think the shield went online. More or less. So if the people who built the shield are the same people who implemented the suicide packs, perhaps the two things aren't as disconnected as you think. Don't you dare be logical, Elizabeth. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> logical reasoning defeats McKay. Yes. <laughs> One more day, that's all I need. I'll have a much clearer picture of it. Clearer picture of what? Long story. Stick around and I'll tell you. I'll be honest with you, Shepard. There's nothing I'd like more than to spend more time talking with you. Good job they put that talking bit. He's looking at him lovey-dovey. Lovey-dovey. He's found a friend. The loneliness of command. What if you're wrong? What if a day doesn't matter? What if a year doesn't matter? And what if it does? I'd never rest peacefully knowing that I was the reason the Wraith returned to this planet. Well, you're not going to be the reason the Wraith returns to the planet. Yeah, yes. That's the beauty of the system, isn't it? They've weaved it into a religion. So it's not only just defying your society, it's defying the afterlife, the gods. Very powerful device, if used correctly. Really necessary. How is the sacrifice so different? So this is just going to go on forever. As long as the Wraith don't return. Yes. And if they do return, then we just throw those little kids out. You know the ones. The ones that follow you around asking you daft questions. Bloody annoying little kids. Would you stand witness? Me? I want you to hold my hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what, what, what do I have to do? Just be there as I prepare. We gather the strength from those close to us for the sacrifice to come. You don't have to kill me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Surely just one of those doors needs to be open, not all of them. Possibly. Especially when they're short on power, you'd think they wouldn't have them all open. Leave them open. Yeah. Let the breeze in. Probably wouldn't work for us. Assuming we were considering stealing from them. Uh, not much point to that either. CPM is almost depleted. So it's worthless. I wouldn't say that. One thing they haven't mentioned about this device, though, it's obviously designed by the ancients. There's no other race would have access to a ZPM. So the ancients have been, you know, aware of the planet, have helped the society. Oh, dear. It's all those kids that have to be direct that sends. Mm. Yep. Fine. There's another thing. Uh-huh. I think I have a theory about the uh, suicide pact. Yeah? What is it? I'm not sure how much power this thing had to start with, but whoever built the EM device knew it wouldn't be able to power a field large enough to cover the whole planet for very long. So it was built to protect a smaller area? More or less the area around the villages. But if the population got much larger than they are now, there's a chance the kids would move out of the field and may become susceptible to a wraith attack. So the suicide pact is... Population control. Yes, yeah, sounds remarkably like an episode of Stargate SG-1, didn't it, where the shield was shrinking because of power. Yes, well, yeah, well, their shield isn't shrinking. Their shield's been torn off by McKay. <laughs> no, my point was it was a specific area and the population was adjusted accordingly when it needed to be smaller. Yes, through mind control. Well, religion is a form of mind control, you could argue, hypothetically speaking. He said backpedaling madly. <laughs> The hemlock. The ritual to go with it, because we can't have people committing suicide willy-nilly. I just tickle, I just tickle you to death with that feather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no more, no more, and jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going. <laughs> Commit suicide, or we use the whole chicken. <laughs> Shepherds, McKay. This is Taylor. Major Shepherd is unavailable. What does that mean? Karis has asked him to take part in the cleansing ceremony. That doesn't sound good. Are you back? Ford and I are back at the old city. I'm just going to put the ZPM back. Good. I'll let Major Shepard know. I parked the jumper outside the EM field, so we should be able to leave as soon as I finish. Yes, tell me it's not already too late. You screaming noise. Oh, he just noticed. Uh... Yes, what a shame. How, how long has that been uh, twinkling away? Nearly a day. Mm. You'd think someone would have noticed it before now. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Probably many people did, but didn't want to say anything. Major Shepard has just found a wraith bracelet that has already begun transmitting. We need that field return as soon as possible. <laughs> you defile our monument. You would have thought those kids would have been a bit more surprised by the gunfire. Mm. Sorry, I, 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 I had to do that. McKay, we need it on now. Blue, I don't know. The human military, you know, they're not as good as they used to be. Twice have been taken over by kids. 
Yeah, what caused that to pop up if there's no light and there's no power? There's probably some old-style battery cells. And it won't turn back on, because even looking at it... <laughs> it's broken. What are you waiting for? Well, that should be it. That should be what? Far be it for me to cause a panic, but what did you do? Go on, say it. Say it. Say it, McKay. What did you do? There's the slightest possibility that in my haste I may have broken it. Delicate, isn't it? God, imagine how you can break the ZPM. Maybe you broke the actual device itself. How dare you defile our remembrance? It was necessary. Necessary? You broke the laws. You must be punished. It's not up to you, Ares. Neither is it up to you anymore. You've had enough time. You must fix your ship and go. Yes, whatever a ship is. Mm-hmm. How long do they expect us to play chance with our lives? Every second a full grown is in our village is a second we are no longer safe from the rape. They must leave now. Oh dear, man, grab for power. I'll take you to the well. You're not safe here. McKay and Ford are in the We'll pick them up on the way. Put the ZPM back. There's been a setback. What did McKay do? Friends, please. The full growns have agreed to leave and never come back. I will take them to the well myself. All this will be over soon, and we can get on with the ceremony. Don McKay as well. Some of the lads in the back are thinking, well, I don't know, the uh, full-grown females looks interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps we could make a, an exception just this once. As you may notice, a lot of these children are not archers. But they've probably been handling bowls since they were in the crib. No, I mean actors. Yeah. Make sure they get there. I can get this ridiculous paint off my face. <laughs> yes, the actual poison is in the uh, paint. can be in a position where I really don't care about the paint. Yes. You know, the paint probably uses lead and arsenic. That's why his hair is falling out, because frankly, I doubt, like, I mean, long-term health isn't an issue. How annoyed would you be if you fell and broke your leg or something, or caught an infection when you were a pen or something? We're going to try, oh God, its windows are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> what made the bracelet start broadcasting? I do not think it was anything we did. It's possible it was like an emergency beacon that activated when the dark crashed. The EM fields have been keeping it quiet ever since. So it must have begun transmitting as soon as McKay turned off the field. And now the top of the device isn't glowing. Yeah, that's not good. He's broken it further. Again, in the commentary, they actually point out that continuity-wise, the uh, light on top of the device was off, on, off, on, off, on. (laughs) You're risking your lives if you stay. This is not about our ship. It's about the protection of your villages. What? cares the reason our ship went down the reason the wraith dark crashed so long ago it's because of this device yeah rainbow's having uh, lines in this episode joy dialogue exposition rainbow was on the commentary with rachel and martin and it was a very good commentary they stayed away because of this shield uh, that can't be true it's not entirely true actually the shield doesn't protect the whole planet it doesn't have enough power i believe the idea of the sacrifices was brought in so your society never left the confines of the shield the sacrifices play a part in your survival, but not for the reasons you believe. That's impossible. I can prove it to you. But you have to give us time to bring this device back online. You've been lied to your whole life. Yep. Karis is weak. I doubt his oath to the sacrifice. The full groans have clouded his judgment. A couple of days later, they'd have never got Ares to believe this story. So it's fantastic timing to crash on this planet. Yep. They've stopped in the old city and are not moving on. Gather the bows and the spears. We will rid ourselves of them now, once and for all! Yeah! <laughs> rhubarb, rhubarb. Light the torches. Where's the pitchforks? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'll do what everybody else does, because I don't want them to stand apart. This is much better than the occasional tweet, by the way, Brad. <laughs> way to bring your game up you know you went from he said to me yesterday I might tweet you during your recording this is above and beyond being up at 2am to record only Shane's made this up sacrifice here they come the safest place to be is in front of the arrows that is not drawn back far enough to be actually fired in fact that's practically a loose bowstring we were mm-hmm. just leaving yes right away would you like to escort us there away from here far away from here don't look behind the curtain McKay's looking worried, which is, of course, a completely new thing for McKay, and not something we've seen before in the six episodes that he's been in. You're almost expecting to stand on a stick or something. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're being a bit harsh on Ares. His stance is a bit draconian, but he's still giving him a chance to leave. Yeah, well, he's Ares. He's the Greek god of war. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an unusual name, isn't it, for this? Ooh, ominous music. And the bloke's paranoid. Although I suppose you can't really blame him. Gotta be suspicious of these uh, strangers. 
to the wraith well. And stay where you are, McKay. Wait until they've left. Don't you dare stick your head out too soon. Yeah, give them five minutes. Well, they're kids, you know. Oh, it's back on. Good lights on. <laughs> I'm amazing. There is a twig. They're coming for you. They're coming for you. Now, this is where McKay's going to shine. Super soldier McKay. Nothing will phase him. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh. Oh, you scared me. You scared us. Oh, sorry. It's okay. We came to see if you left any chocolate. You're going to point at the seven-year-old child who's coming up cautiously asking you questions. Shoot the kid. No, hang on. They don't know what a gun is. No, they don't know to be afraid of it. Well, were they in the village when Shepard shot the uh, Wraith armband? Okay, you can have this, but you got to promise to let me work, okay? Okay. Come on, quickly, McKay. That's a good look, that is. Oh, she'll be a devil when she grows up. That's it, bribery. That works. Take it. <laughs> I sent a rather large amount of chocolate to Essex. Did you? Yep. Okay, then, it looks like it's up to McKay to save the day. Do you intend to leave McKay behind? I'm going to circle around until he gets the device back on. I'll show up. Oh, dear. It's making an awful lot of noise. Somebody's been watching Phantasm, haven't they? I thought it looked more like the uh, little drone from Star Wars that they use for the lightsaber practice. Either way, it's making a hell of a lot of noise. Scanning. Missed it. Why are you shooting? There's no way you can hit that with a semi-automatic. And they're going to chase after it now? <laughs> they might get lucky. <laughs> it's a probe of some kind. Really, Shepard, I mean, seriously. They're not writing them very bright, are they? Like chasing a bird in an aeroplane. Just won't work. <laughs> Let us take that probe down and we're all in deep trouble. Even if you were able to destroy it, more will come. That is not true. Why do you think they're here, Shepard? You. The Wraith have sensed a crop worth harvesting and they've come to claim it. I love this bit in the commentary. Rainbow was saying, look, I've got a flat jacket on. I've got a fully automatic, fully loaded machine gun. I'm not worried. <laughs> Unless they shoot me in the head. I need 10 seconds. Yeah, they still listen to you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the walking dead already, mate. Yep. There's a device that shields us from the machines of the Wraith. The sacrifices might have... You'll be in the old city. Go. Ares, listen to me. You've let your fear of the sacrifice put our entire people in danger, Karis. You see the lad behind who's just run off there? That was uh, Nellis, Shane the mayor. He was in 100 Days, the SG-1 episode. Also one of the the young woman in the camp, Peleus. She was also in 100 Days. I recognise that one. And we've got quite a few actors who have done crossovers. Not something you're going to need to worry about, because frankly, you're going to be a pincushion. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Lots of chocolate. Oh, to be kids. <laughs> just keep cramming it in. Worry about being sick later. He's in there. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the chocolate, but we're turning you in anyway. Somebody's coming. <laughs> I'm not sure how to use this, but... Yeah, I'm going repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. What is this? You must come with us now. Can't do that. Listen, I need to finish my work here. I've seen how the race deal with other planets, and they don't care how old you are. I need to get this device turned on, and I am so close to figuring it out, so just give me one more shot. Yeah, just one shot. <laughs> Two shots. Look, both of you, go to your rooms! <laughs> oh, come on, that's not work. not buying this, are you? Great dart. No, it's, it's the drone's back, isn't it? No, that's the dart noise. Yep. Who will save the children? <laughs> McKay will save the children. Good old McKay. Uh, the time it actually took for him to draw the bow on fire, I'm pretty sure he'd get two shots off, even McKay. <laughs> the bow's yeah. not drawn and the arrow tip is trembling. There's no way he'd actually hit anything with that. <laughs> Perhaps he's not quite used to uh, actually aiming at living things, well, humans anyway. Oh, that on the other hand. Look, all they've got to do is, when they say fire, duck. You have no idea what you're up against here. The weapons we carry are more powerful than any you have ever seen. She's telling the truth. They do more than make a lot of noise, they will kill you. Mm. Yes, as long as we get a little bit of warning. <laughs> Come on, McKay. The time is running down. Last chance. Start mashing buttons. Yay! Oh, bingo! CGI arrows as well, because health and safety wouldn't allow them to shoot real <laughs> See, I fixed it. Told you I would. 
a faith. Oh. It works. Of course it works. I must tell Ares. Come with us. Am I hearing the echoes from the sound on your iPad, Brad? Turn down a little bit. I'm not complaining, I'm noting. Otherwise, I'd have mentioned it half an hour ago. Alright, we'll head back to the village. We'll be fine. <laughs> oh, McKay. Rodney McKay, our hero. Your presence has brought the wraith. All our ancestors' sacrifices you've undone. All because you refused to leave when you were told to. It's not that simple. He's got a point there. If they hadn't turned up, the wraith wouldn't have turned up. Yeah, I think you're going to be sacrificed, Ares. Oh. <laughs> you shot me. Sir. I didn't really penetrate far enough to go through the ribcage. Sir, hold your fire! Look what you've done. He's as guilty as you are. Oh, that's a spirit, lad. Never admit you're wrong. Ford? Ready, sir. We will defend ourselves. And believe me, you don't want that. Archers ready! <laughs> Come on, John. You are not going to fire on them. No, Fortis. <laughs> it works! Ares! It works! The device works! Shoot him as well. How dare you bring me good news? <laughs> Don't tell everyone I'm wrong. Yeah, normally this would be in a, a little room and he'd say, Have you told anybody else? No, my lord, just you. Okay. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. A- Ares! It works. Now, he's not going to listen to reason. Oh, poor <laughs> McKay. What the commentary say about that? Well, this is where they pointed out that he is a runner. He's a sneaker. This is a good reason why we shouldn't grow old, lads. Dying at 25 isn't so bad. Mm. Yes, I can get knock knock off hat off me. Nobody else knows that the hairstyle and the general clothing similarities with the knocks. Well, it's homemade, isn't it? Blending in with the forest. Yeah. Well, now what they're going to do? I mean... It's all right having regime change, but you need someone to take the place. Why not let the two youngsters take over? They looked after McKay, after all. Be able to boost the uh, coverage by over fifty uh, percent without uh, much of a power increase. So, uh, should be enough for um, sort of sizable uh, population growth. Thank you. But you have no idea how long the shield will last. There's no way of knowing. No, but uh, there's a good chance you'll be a grandparent before it uh, before it goes. Be happy to come back and check in on you every now and then. Yeah. Now, that paddle jumper hasn't moved since last scene, yet he's extended the range of the device, so technically it shouldn't work now. <laughs> They're going to have convinced the other tribes for a start. Yep. They may not believe them. Mm-hmm. Have all the villagers agreed to suspend the sacrifices? It will require us to change some laws, but for now, yes. Oh, apparently they have explained. Neat piece of exposition. Did you stamp on his foot? That's it. Kick him. Oh, really? stamped on him. <laughs> Chocolate. Sweeties. What's this? Well, where we're from, you get presents when you turn a year older. Joe actually complained. He, he thought this was a bit cheesy. Oh. They've expressed her <laughs> fake shock on her face. That's like kids at age age don't believe in Santa anymore. Well, it wasn't shock. She saw the chocolate bar. Look at that. He gets his first birthday present. He has to give it all away. <laughs> Just not fit. Flip some in your pocket. It's mine. I'm the oldest. There you go. Obviously, it's a fairly cool plan that the stuff would have melted. And that was Childhood Zen. Yes, we got very few tweets regarding the episode during it. Mostly it was about my t-shirt. Well, most people are at work if they're in the UK at this time, and even in America, five, six, seven hours behind, they're at work, and the rest of the world is asleep, or should be. <laughs> Except Brad. Should be, yeah. Actually, that episode is a lot better when you've got company watching it. Mm-hmm. A lot more fun. Indeed. Ow, 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 ow. Nice little filler episode as we head towards the mid-season two-parter. Yeah. Although we do actually get a callback when uh, Zelenka <laughs> gets sent back here for a... Although we don't actually see what goes on, we actually see the aftermath. This was Martin Guerrero's first script for the series. He wrote this as part of his three-episode order. A new writer has to actually deliver to see if he's any good. Mm. Obviously, he actually got the job. He became a staff writer. He then went on. See, I wrote this down because it's rather impressive. He directed two episodes of Stargate Universe. Look at that, I wrote it down wrong. Mm. He directed nine episodes of The L.A. Complex one episode of Stargate Atlantis and two episodes of Stargate Universe. He wrote for LA Complex, Bored to Death, Stargate Universe, Stargate Atlantis and Stargate SG-1. He also produced 19 episodes of the LA Complex, 24 episodes of Bored to Death, 8 episodes of Stargate Universe and 80 episodes of Stargate Atlantis. So he is one of the big boys of the franchise. That's nearly all. 
It's not bad, it's pretty impressive. Like He came in late to the franchise and I think he left a little bit early, but it's always good to see any writers or producers go and actually do their own shows. The LA Complex co-stars Dual State. Ah, Dual State, who apparently is in Supernatural Season 7, according to a tweet a friend of mine sent yesterday. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. And this is the friend on whose Squisher introduction says, if you spoil me on Season 7 or 8, I will unfollow you. So I said, if (laughs) I were you, you'd unfollow me if I tweeted that. I had read that. Childhood's End was the only episode of Stargate David Winning directed, but his resume includes many genre shows, including Lost Girl, Andromeda, Earth Final Conflict, Blood Ties, Todd and the Book of Evil and Dinotopia. He's also directed shows well outside of the sci-fi genre, including Sweet Valley High, Street Justice and Breaker High. He holds dual US and Canadian citizenship and is currently working on City Limits. Just say the word. Open the iris. Right then, that was Childhood's End. Next week we are back on Earth as we watch Tilk's adventures out in the real world as he moves out of the SGC and goes to live next door to Erica Durant's in Affinity. Given clearance to live off base, Tilk tries in vain to blend in as an ordinary civilian, but when his unwavering ethical code compels him to help ordinary people in trouble, specifically a neighbour with an abusive boyfriend, he soon finds himself thrust into the spotlight as the prime suspect in the boyfriend's murder. Da, da, da. A few notable birthdays this week, starting on February the 4th with Brandy Ledford, who played the Tokra Zaren in SG-1 Endgame, as well as Darina in the Atlantis episode Inferno. On the 7th, James Bader, the original Daniel Jackson, celebrates his birth. Prolific movie actor, he's also made his mark on TV with The Practice, Boston Legal and The Office. Also on the 7th, the one and only David Nichol has his birthday. Radek is one of my favourite SGA characters, but David has also made a lot of sci-fi fantasy B-movies, as well as roles on Fringe, Continuum, Human Target and Once Upon a Time. We had a little feedback on Facebook for the episode Avatar. First off from Lee. Good one, that. I replied, yes, a fun episode, and even a two-player mode. Brad posted, you did it too. Is it a game or a combat simulator? They keep going from one to the other. I replied, it has to be a combat simulator. They ain't going to get a budget to make a game, even the US military aren't that crazy. Oh, hang on. I also noticed we had a new iTunes review over on the US store from Ryan Hoxie. He gave us five stars and wrote... I really enjoy Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis episode commentary by these two guys. I'm sure the Stargate movies and SGU episode commentaries will be good as well. Keep it up, guys. We really appreciate any feedback via iTunes. That resource is important to help promote this podcast. Although, first and foremost, we are delighted there are fans of Stargate appreciating our efforts and passion for the show. Cheers, Ryan. If you do want to get in touch with us, then our email is thegatecast at gmail.com. And our website is gatecast.co.uk. We can be found under Gatecast on Google+, Facebook, iTunes and Stitcher. And on Twitter we are TheGatecast, which is one word. We hope you enjoyed Childhood's End. Join us next week for Affinity. And keep in touch. We are all one big family in the shadow of the gate. Hello, Pascal. <laughs> Thank you very much for Brad for joining us. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye all. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Hey.